Hello and welcome everybody wherever you are in the world. My name is Paul Ryan, I'm founder of PrescriptionRevision.com and I'm a GP and pharmacist based here in Ireland. I'm passionate about clinical pharmacology and therapeutics and really enjoy making the latest international guidance relevant to those of us at the coalface of primary care. So this is the first of three podcasts I'm going to do on gastroesophageal reflux disease in infants. So in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about the difference between gastroesophageal reflux and gastroesophageal reflux disease in infants. I'm then going to discuss how common uh, regurgitation of foods is in infants. And then I'm going to finish up by talking about the, how uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease is actually diagnosed. So first of all, the difference between gastroesophageal reflux and gastroesophageal reflux disease in infants. So if you look at the NICE NG1 guideline, gastroesophageal reflux is a normal physiological process that usually happens after eating in healthy infants. Now it can also occur in children and adults. And it is a process where stomach contents pass back into the esophagus after eating and which may or may not lead to regurgitation. It manifests as effortless regurgitation of feeds in young babies, so uh, positing. Now, gastroesophageal reflux disease is gastroesophageal reflux that causes discomfort or pain severe enough to merit medical treatment or complications. It may involve no regurgitation, which is silent reflux, or overt regurgitation. Complications include reflux esophagitis, recurrent aspiration pneumonia, or frequent otitis media. So for the second part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about how common uh, regurgitation of feeds uh, in infants actually is. So the key message from the current NICE guideline is that regurgitation of feeds in infants is common and normal and does not need investigations, nor does it need treatment. It affects 40% of infants equally between formula and breastfed infants. It begins before two months of age and it can have it, the baby can have up to five to six episodes a day. By 12 months of age, you have maturity of the lower esophageal sphincter. You have more, the babies have, uh, infants have more of an upright posture. They have more solids from six months of age and a change in texture of food at around seven to eight months of age. And for these reasons, the um, reflux resolves in 90% of infants by 12 months of age. Now for the third part of this podcast, I'm going to talk about how uh, gastroesophageal reflux disease is diagnosed. So the current Rome 4 criteria or the NICE 2015 NG1 guideline is used to, can be used to diagnose uh, reflux. It is actually difficult to 
uh, difficult to accurately diagnose it, but the key feature uh, to trigger investigations and treatment is the presence of marked distress. Now I'm going to talk about what is marked distress. Marked distress is pain and distress after eating, which is due to reflux esophagitis, where the child cries and can, can arch their back. Also feeding difficulties that are unexplained. The child may have hoarseness or chronic cough. They may have recurrent aspiration pneumonia. They may have frequent otitis media, which is defined as greater than three episodes in six months. And they may also have dental erosion, so particularly in kids with neurodisability. So I suppose just to recap now, I spoke firstly about the difference between gastroesophageal reflux and gastroesophageal reflux disease in infants. Discussed how common regurgitation of feeds how how common it actually is and it affects up to 40% of infants and how it's actually diagnosed so using the room for criteria or the NICE NG1 guideline and the key feature to trigger investigations and treatment is the presence of marked distress so you know pain and distress after eating so crying or arching the back feeding difficulties that are unexplained hoarseness or chronic cough recurrent aspiration pneumonia frequent otitis media, so greater than three episodes in in the last six months, dental erosion, so particularly in kids with neurodisability or in infants with neurodisability. So that brings me to the end of today's podcast. Uh, I hope you uh, found it beneficial. Just so you're aware, there are now over 30 topics on my website, prescriptionvision.com, which are delivered via mixture of video, podcast and text format. Thank you for listening. And I'm looking forward to delivering the next podcast.